So I'm getting sworn in today, and because of COVID, this swearing-in looks really different from what's usually seen in City Hall. I'm outside, I'm here with my family, my husband's swearing me in, and my kids are basically running around unsupervised. But this day has enormous meaning for me. We are at a moment in LA's history, which I think is one of its most fraught. We're seeing the height of the pandemic, rising cases every day and many more deaths. We're seeing people falling out of work, facing evictions and homelessness far more than they ever were. And a city which has fewer resources because of a budget crisis like it's never seen to combat this incredible crisis that we're facing right now. Yet we also saw in this moment 130,000 people who voted in this election, more voters than have ever voted in municipal elections in history, which means more people are looking to City Hall for support than ever before. I want you to know that on this day, I take this responsibility so seriously. I'm going into this office with the knowledge of the incredible work that we have ahead of us and a deep commitment to giving it my all and my family giving it their all in the service of this city and of its people. I also feel heartened by the fact that I'm not going in there alone. We are all, all of us, going into the future of this city together. And that gives me incredible amounts of hope. Thank you so much. Hi, Nithya Raman. Hi, Nithya Raman. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the State of California. The Constitution of the State of California. And the Charter of the City of Los Angeles. And the Charter of the City of Los Angeles. And that I will faithfully discharge the duties. And that I will faithfully discharge the duties. Of Council Member of the 4th District. Of Council Member of the 4th District. According to the best of my ability. According to the best of my ability. All right. Well, that was a uh, fun way to get that the cold was open so going. Good. That was like <laughs> we're starting on a high note. Like a really. <laughs> I'm so excited now. That was so fucking cool. And like she's right. Those kids better pull their weight. We got our eyes on you, ramen kids. We're watching you. Accountability. I'm just kidding though. That family is amazing. We love them it all. Is. That I'm so happy, Chris. I will now stop interrupting you for. Oh moment. no, that was that was absolutely spectacular, and I I share that unbridled joy uh, in this moment, getting to watch that for the first time, uh, right as we're about to do the show. Uh, so yeah, hey y'all, uh, this is Chris Roth here with Bushido Squirrel, as always, with your weekly knock activism wrap up. Today we're going to be talking. Uh, oh boy, we're going to be talking about ah. the absolute um, like. Okay, it's really fucking it's really fucking bad with coronavirus right now here in LA County and in the state of California. We'll get into that in a moment. We also uh, are going to be joined by Terry once again to talk about, you know, the the whole we've got lots of people that are being sworn into office. Uh, we've got some crazy stuff, some crazy cool stuff coming out of the DA's office. Uh, we've got uh, a very interesting little tidbit that we're going to dive into with Bushido relating to uh, the the report on on the Christchurch shooter that was just released last week. Uh, and then we're going to get into some uh, 
shall we see interesting things relating to the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department uh, and uh, not just Villanueva, but his his deputies. And oh boy, the shenanigans are fucking terrible. Um, but yeah, yep. before we before we get into that, uh, how are things going for you, Bushido? I got a new shirt. Look at that. Look at disband <laughs> the neighborhood councils. Uh, because neighborhood councils are bad because neighborhood yeah. councils came out of like there was a plan to double the number of city council seats and then they were like oh but we're giving you the same budget so the city council is supposed to have twice the number of members twice the number of field offices ostensibly twice the number of employees but with the same budget and i'm not good at math but that doesn't work so instead no. they're like why don't we take a small portion of the city's budget and give it to 100 powerless city councils around the city and make sure that the only people that can sit on those boards are wealthy people who have the time to volunteer and yep. campaign and do all that other stuff. And so what we essentially got was a more reactionary and uh, less law-abiding form of the city council. Like, neighborhood councils <laughs> are just Brown Act violations um, in perpetuity. Just people who don't know the law, oh, yeah. aren't paid to know the law, have no interest in knowing the law, uh, and they're given $40,000. And I, I think it's like 40% of the city of the neighborhood councils don't spend a dollar of the $40,000 they're given. Like they're given money to help their neighborhoods and they're just like, I don't money. I think I'm just going to leave that on the table. I don't, I don't want that money. And so, yeah, they're terrible and they're bad, but I am super excited and hyped about this Nithya Raman thing. Um, mm -hmm. It is so good. And then today, the first person in LA County in the state of California, I believe, um, no, I think just LA County. I'm gonna I'm gonna tone that down. But the first person in LA County was a nurse at Kaiser who got oh, yeah. vaccinated for COVID nineteen. So the vaccines coming, vaccines will be rolled out to frontline healthcare workers and also to nursing homes, which have been especially hard hit during this pandemic. Uh, as a type one diabetic, um, and I know I say this, so I'm just gonna say it again. Uh, please get your flu shot. Like please get your flu shot. The flu can kill people like me and a lot of other people who are disabled and who are immunocompromised and are elderly or are children, uh, lots of people. Uh, COVID-19 also kills people like me and kills people who are vulnerable. And like, be a good human. If you can't get the vaccine because of medical reasons, that's that's understandable. But for everyone else, just get the vaccine. There are two rounds, get both rounds. We can then hang out again. We can like throw raves and we can hug each other and we can go over to each other's houses and we can like, take everything we've learned in this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad pandemic, and we can keep organizing our communities and we can we can get back to sort of doing what we were doing before, but doing it better. So like, please, 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 please do that. Please, 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 please. Chris, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's thrilling to see that the vaccine is starting to roll out. Like that, that's a huge, huge deal. Um, I'm less enthusiastic about it, um, than you are mainly purely from the, the skeptical perspective of like, I don't believe that our logistical plans are anywhere near where we're going to be needing it for us to be able to have raves again for like at least another six to eight months, at least, um, don't harsh my aunts. I'm, I'm sorry. Your, your oons, oons, oons is going to have to wait a little bit, uh, probably until like I, I, I wish it would be 2021 that we get to do this stuff. I, yeah. my, my inner cynic is saying we still have plenty of time to fuck this all up, uh, and be stuck waiting to have, uh, raves until 2022. 
Um, as they, as they, as uh, Barnum and Bailey said, nobody ever went broke underestimating the American public. <laughs> oh God, that's super bleak. Um, yes, but and 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 uh, speaking of super bleak things that have me very very scared to venture outside of my little bubble of my apartment for anything other than the most dire of necessities at the grocery store. Uh, yeah. let's we're breaking records. We're setting records, <sighs> folks. Every day we're setting a new record, more terrible and deadly than the last. So our cumulative case count here in uh, the state of California, and it's actually it's worse than what this graphic shows. This graphic was yeah. uh, not updated. Uh, as of this recording, one million five hundred seventy-six thousand four hundred forty-five confirmed cases of COVID nineteen in the state of California. That is a staggering. 242,589 new cases since we last recorded eight days ago. A quarter of a million cases since our last recording, Bushido. That's I'm, that's the size. I We went through this last time, but that's the size of like, I think maybe the 10th largest city in California is like a quarter million people. Like a major city in the state of California being infected every single day. Every week. Yeah, yeah. every week. But that's that's still like 30 to 40,000 people a day. That's insane. Uh, well, right now, um, the, we had, we had, what was it? 20, 24,794, uh, confirmed cases yesterday. Um, and that, that's actually kind of lower than like, so, you know, Sundays are always the low count day. Uh, yeah. For everything, they're the low counts for the number of confirmed cases, the low counts for the number of deaths related to COVID nineteen. It's Sunday is the low day, so us recording right now on a Monday means that we're going to be using yesterday's statistics that are much lower. When you look at the seven day moving average for the state of California, we are well in excess of thirty thousand new cases uh, per day on average, which is really fucked. Um, like uh, the town I grew up in was, uh, I believe, uh, in 2010, you know, a couple of years, uh, many years after I had left, ooh, uh, was like 16 or 17,000 people. Uh, so it's like my entire city I grew up in just new cases, all of them. Yeah. Um, and I mean, something, something I've been, been reading and, and listening to on the radio mm -hmm. is the fact that it's now making it into more rural parts of California and the country well, we'll in general. There. And yeah, that's uh, that's really bleak shit. Yeah, and uh, also really bleak is the racial disparity with this disease. Um, I wanted to highlight this up top instead of a, toward the end of the segment, la like I did last week. Uh, Latino population is hitting four hundred four or four thousand one hundred eighteen cases per hundred thousand, which is more than double. Uh, the next highest, which is, uh, you know, the, the black community, white uh, folks and Asian folks are, are less, but are also, uh, you know, black folks are disproportionately impacted. But the Latino population is just being fucking hammered by this virus. Um, the positivity rate here in the state of California remains uh, north of 10 percent, which is really fucking bad. Uh, that's, you know, 10% of all of the people who get tested are positive. So of 10% of the tests that are going out are coming back positive. Uh, and when you start looking at the, this is, this is the truly terrifying figure is this intensive care and other hospitalization numbers. When you look at how many people have been hospitalized, the number of people who are in intensive care, like the intensive care is, is following behind uh, by a week or two, uh, the curve of the just general hospitalizations relative to COVID-19. And we're seeing a massive spike. This correlates to the availability of the ICU beds, which are, you know, on this 
constant little uh, you know sawtooth pattern uh, on the decline, which it's it's actually terrifying because it's smoothing out. Uh, and smoothing out in a very bad direction of curving down towards zero. So not good. We're down to less than 1,500 hospital or ICU beds in the state of California f- that are, you know, available. Like, that's f- fucking terrifying. Um, when it comes to availability by region, we are looking at the San Joaquin Valley, uh, which is, you know, not... A, a, an urban part of the city of the the state rather uh less than they're down to one and a half percent available one and a half mm-hmm. southern california we're at 4.2 you know up in northern california they're they're doing pretty well they've got 29 percent of their icu beds available bay area is right at that trigger of the cutoff uh for the uh enhanced stay-at-home order stuff coming out of the the gavinator's office but san joaquin valley is fucked and southern california is not that far behind uh, when you look at the cases, uh, cumulative totals per 100,000, we're looking at more than 10% of Imperial and Lassen counties have been infected with coronavirus. We're looking at around 5% here in LA, but t- more than 10% in Lassen and Imperial, which is truly terrifying. Um, and then when you look at the number of people who are dying of COVID-19 in the state of California, we're on average... Uh, over the last seven days, we have trended up to well over 150, close to 160. We've had 21,049 deaths in the state due to the virus, 69 of them yesterday. But again, that seven-day average does leave us at a staggering 160 deaths per day right now no, in the I mean, state it's of just, California. Just looking at this graph, and you can just so clearly see the waves. Though They're not really like you can see where the, the bottom is, right? And the bottom yep. never really dropped that far. And it's just you can just chart the failings of our elected politicians on a state and local level with this stuff. And it's it's just staggering to look at. It is. It, it truly is. Um, now, let's uh, turn our attention here to L.A. County, uh, a little bit more closer to home. Uh, 525,564 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in LA County as of this recording, 12,281 new cases reported yesterday, Uh, 85,522 since we last recorded on Sunday. That's fucking crazy. Uh, The seven-day moving average, as we're seeing here, is something like uh, around 11,000 new cases per day on average in LA County which is staggering. Um, and that, that 12,000, uh, the 12,000 number was yesterday on a low day. That is a Sunday number. So we saw almost, we saw almost 14,000 cases reported a couple of times last week. It's just fucked. Uh, we're up to, let's see the, the looking at the hospitalizations. It's very much the same trend as we've been seeing across the state of California. We have a huge number of people who have been hospitalized and our ICU numbers are also creeping up following that trend. The available number of beds is also on the decline. We're down to less than 400. We're at 392 beds available in the County of Los Angeles, serving 11 million fucking people. Yep. This is and bad. It, this is this is you know the the stay at home order that was triggered by the state. Uh, nobody is following that. Like, oh yeah, we'll get into that. We're not pulling out of this soon. Like it was it was bad. It's like I had to go to the ground game office to deal with medic stuff oh, yeah. today. I rarely leave the house, and it was just regular traffic. Just you know everybody out for a drive on a Monday afternoon. Why the fuck not? I just 
You know, there's a, there's a tweet I like where where uh, a YouTuber I watched, Jenny Nicholson, was like, I guess we have to stop using the phrase, avoid it like the plague, because humans do not do that. We're really bad at this. Uh, or at least we are in this country. Um, they, they seem to be doing much better in places like Taiwan, uh, where they understand how to deal with the public health crisis. Um, I mean, Germany just had to go on another hard lockdown. Like, it's it's not just the U.S., but we're definitely no. the worst at being bad at it. D d d yes, very much so. Um, although I, I wouldn't be surprised if Brazil uh, gives us a run for the money on that one because they've got a, an even crazier leader than we do somehow. Um, yeah, so the number of deaths that we're looking at here in the county of Los Angeles were up to 8,298. 25 yesterday. Uh, our seven-day moving average is uh, upwards of 50, 55-ish. Um, it's fucking terrible. Uh, things are bad, and they're going to continue to be bad for a while. Uh, if you look at how this is all spread out across the state, we can actually see things get progressively worse i added the dates that i took the screenshots to the screenshots you like that bushido thought you i might do like that. That, I, I like that infographics with information <laughs> rather than just having you trust me so back on november 8th this is what the state looked like and then it's just going to get progressively worse uh as time goes by uh all the way up until uh, yeah it's it's getting real real dark there in terms of the uh, the coloration of Oof. confirmed cases per hundred thousand people. Uh, yeah. It's bad, but here's a really fucking terrifying one that shows you how the city of Los Angeles has been impacted uh, by this spread. You can see the wealth lines drawn in fucking yep. crystal clarity right here in this image. Like. I believe, I, I think I sent you an image, uh, a screenshot of this earlier in the week. This is definitely what we should be using as the uh, the thumbnail for this episode because holy shit. Oh no, um, I, 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 I was driving today and a guy in, uh, uh, like with a sandwich boards of anti-vax conspiracies pulled up next to me and that dude gets the thumbnail this week because he's, oh. <laughs> he's a special one. He's a special one. But no, like this is something like we, we talked about earlier, and I wanted to, to mention this is, you know, Imperial County and uh, um, uh, sorry, the, the other county that you were that you pulled out, um, oh, which yeah. is escaping me. Um, but mm -hmm. these smaller rural counties in California, they have uh, older populations. They have populations that are less likely to have insurance and they're farther from medical care. Like when COVID gets into these small communities, it spreads really quickly. And the people that are catching it are a lot less able to survive it. They're probably going to have a much harder time recovering from it. And they're also gonna have a much harder time getting to the medical care that they need or even having those facilities around. Like this is the really, really scary stuff that the city of LA and the county of LA, it's pretty nice. Like you're never more than 10 or 15 minutes away from a hospital in this city. And until mm -hmm. you get to the way northern parts of the county like Lancaster and like the high desert, you're still pretty close to a hospital. When you look at Imperial County, there aren't that many hospitals out there. And the economic power of the average citizen out in a place like Imperial County is way lower than the average citizen in LA County. It's an absolute like nightmare fuel. Just, this is what we wanted to avoid. This is what we were yep. trying to avoid with the shutdowns and the lockdowns and like telling people to stay home. And we just couldn't effing do it. And I don't wanna make it seem like it's just individual choice here 
Our elected officials failed miserably. 10,000 people have died from being evicted during COVID. We know that our political choices have material consequences. We yep. just can't seem to grapple with that on a societal level. Like these numbers are too big to understand on a personal level. The, the problems are so systemic that we don't see a way that we as individuals can affect them. But I just want to, you know, to, to call back to how we open this video. Nithya Raman and politicians like her are hope. Like we can affect real change across this country. And electoralism isn't going to save us, but it gives us a much better chance at fixing things. And surviving. Like yeah. it's the that it it's literally is the it's one of the one of the multiple ways, you know, that we can do harm reduction in our communities and protect each other is by going out there and making sure that we have decent, like empathetic fucking people who are capable of not only being in leadership positions, but also of giving a shit. And we mm -hmm. just don't have nearly enough of those. I was just going to point out Lassen County is the other one uh, that is Lassen, you know, thank you. on tie. And, and for those of you who don't know, uh, similar to how I don't, I don't know nearly enough about California geography. Lassen County is the one all the way up just north of Reno, right on yep. the California Nevada state line. It is like as far north as you can get basically without being in Oregon. Uh, there is one yep. county north of that, but that's it. So, uh, uh, this is very rural community. Very, these are very rural communities that are being hammered and hammered fast. And it is like totally overwhelms the local healthcare system. And this is where we were seeing, like this is the kind of situation that we were seeing impacting like the city of New York back in March and April when they were suddenly having to worry about burying people in Central Park and shit because they didn't have the capacity to process it. Like we just don't have the capacity to deal with something that is this deadly and this infectious. And it's like when people start going on and on about like, oh, it's only got like a 1% mortality rate or 2% mortality. Like, that's just a lot of fucking people, especially for that something that is so easily transmissible. One out of one out of 100 people, one out of 100 people. I guarantee you, you know, 100 people. And statistically speaking, one of them is now dead from COVID at best, right? In some places, we're seeing a mortality rate as high as three, four, five percent. When we're looking at nursing homes, I mean, it's it's just it's fucking it's terrifying. just tragic. Like I, I run out of words, you know, like yep. I don't there aren't words in the English language to express this. And we've been yelling about this for so long that I, I feel like I'm repeating myself. But I mean, what else? What the fuck else can we do? Uh, legitimately, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, we do have a lot of other stuff to yell about. Uh, and we are joined once again by our good friend, Terry, uh, LA's roving media critic who, uh, oh shit, I forgot to update your title, Terry. I am so sorry. We'll do it next time. Uh, but here we go. Terry, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Wow. Thank you again for letting me crash, uh, crash the podcast as much as I'm crashing my friend's office. In his home. So, you know, it's, it's like, you've got a, you got a gaggle of geese. You've got a murder of crows, three white guys. You call a podcast. It's, it's, great. <laughs> it's so accurate. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
I did want to I did want to talk about some uh, local stuff that happened, like big moves in uh, local politics here in L.A., not just the city, but the county. Uh, but starting off at the city level. So Mark Ridley Thomas and Nithya Raman are now both sitting at L.A. City Council members. Um, hooray for one of them. And, and all right. When, when do we get to vote you out of office for the other one? Guess which one is which? Uh, Nithya, as you saw in the video, was sworn in in a very non-traditional ceremony because LA City Hall was pretty much closed for business right now because of COVID. Uh, even during meetings, it's only Nuri and uh, famous snack eater on a on an open mic, Stephen Fobble. Um, Streffen, not Stephen, Streffen. Stephen, Stephen, Streffen. Okay, my apologies. S-T-R-E-F-A-N, Fobble. Mr. Fobble, I apologize for slaughtering your name. <laughs> Just like you slaughter that bag of chips every city council <laughs> right into a hot open mic. It's so annoying. It drives me absolutely up the fucking wall. It's like Bro, you cut. You can hit the button and just mute yourself. It's not that hard. Can we? I, what what they really need to do is he needs a push to talk button, because yeah. he has like sidebar conversations that always get picked up. I just want him to be muted all the time, like all the time. I can always hear him just having like little little whispered conversations in the side. And it's like we can hear you. We can't hear you clearly, but it's super distracting and totally unprofessional. You fucking asshole. Mute yourself. And, and you're and Nuri is so quick to cut off other people, but Mr. Cobble <laughs> just, you know, lets him go. But, but that, you know, after after dragging Mr. Fobble for a bit, um, you know, Nippy was sworn in her first day in in uh, her first day in council like meeting because she has been on the job for about a week. But her first day in a council meeting is going to come tomorrow, which is a really important day. Uh, one of the things that's going to be on the agenda tomorrow is an extension of the emergency order that was implemented in March. Now, what's inter interesting about this emergency order is the prime mover on it is Nuri Martinez. The second on it is Joe Buscaino, um, which, okay, um, all right, cool. But what that says to me is that this this extension will probably pass. So I think yeah. that the council will vote unanimously to pass this extension. For the first time in a long while, we're actually going to have a 15 to 0 vote uh, because Kevin DeLeon has uh, taken over Jose Weizar's position. Oh, so we've actually had a number of 15 to zero votes. Uh, it's, it's been yeah, a fair thing. Enough, like fair enough. John, John Lee is apparently very easily bullied. It's a thing that you can do. Like you, it's, it is, it, it warms the cockles of my heart to see that man just utterly defeated when he has to vote yes on something that you know that he does not support doing. Like, he is yeah. the most right-wing of all of the members of the city council and does not want to help homeless people at all, I fucking promise you. And when yeah. he has to vote in favor of these motions that are put forward because otherwise he just is going to be made to look like the absolute dog shit that he is, it just, it makes me feel so happy to watch him just go, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spend too um, much time I, watching I, city council yeah. meetings, I think. Well, it, it, gets, it gets difficult when you have to come down out of the gated communities up there and actually take <laughs> off with the, you know, with the rest of the, of the world. It's a, it's a long Zoom commute to, to LA city council. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, but yeah, so... Um, so uh, the, the, the other thing that I want to flag with city council is they then immediately go into recess on yes. Friday the 16th, uh, which means that they'll be out for about three weeks until after the new year. So mm -hmm. nothing's really going to happen. And like, well, I said, I think the emergency order will get extended. There's no guarantees until they vote and something could go wacky. And if they do screw that up somehow, 
AB 3088, which provides renter protections from September until uh, December 31st of this year, will uh, lapses on January 1st. Yeah. And what AB 3088 did was it stopped evictions that were related to COVID. It said you had to pay at least 25% of your rent in order to avoid eviction. And then the 75% that you didn't pay could become consumer debt. So your landlord couldn't evict you for not paying that rent, but they could then sue you and garnish your wages for not paying that rent. Um, yep. I was listening to, to KPCC and they were talking to somebody and uh, the guy said something that just really struck with me. He's like, well, everybody's got to contribute. You know, renters have to pay what they have to pay and landlords are going to have to give up some of their profit. And I just sort of, sort of sat there and wondered how brain poisoned somebody has to be to equate renters struggling to pay for food and rent with a landlord giving up some profit because let's re let's remember the profit is the extra the profit is the the on top of everything the you've met all your costs and you're making extra you know surplus value we're going back to marx here we're getting right down to the the brass tacks of dialectical materialism um but yeah if you are a state official and you find yourself decrying landlords giving up profits um get another fucking job just shut just the go. fuck up forever like people before profits it's very, very simple. Just make that your mantra everywhere you go in life. Stare at yourself in the mirror and just repeat people before profits until it burns itself into your brain. So uh, other good things that happened across the city of Los Angeles, today, or rather the county of Los Angeles, yeah. uh, Yasmin McMorin is uh, being sworn in tonight in Culver City, the first black woman to ever hold a seat on the, L on the Culver City City Council, uh, which is huge. Culver City is a very kind of a small city. You know, it's only like 40,000 people. It's not a really like big important city in the the county of los angeles but a lot of important stuff happens there uh, amazon is going to be headquartered there for their entertainment division apple's entertainment division is going to be headquartered there sony is headquartered there uh the movie studios are uh, the sony movie studio which used to be mgm is headquartered there like there's a lot of really important stuff that happens in culver city and culver city also interestingly enough one of the only police departments in the county that turns a profit every year because mainly all they do is write traffic tickets to people who have to commute through Culver City to get to That's the west fucked. side, like Santa Monica and Venice Beach. Yeah, uh, we used to run this thing called the All City Bike Race, and it was a completely underground bike race, and you would start at Tang's Donuts in Hollywood, and you would uh -huh. race to Dockweiler. And the team that won it three years in a row uh, hopped on the 10, like the I-10, to skip Culver City. Because getting caught riding your bicycle on the 10 was an $80 fine. Getting caught running a red light in Culver City was a $320 fine. So you just Holy do the math shit. there. Yeah, Culver City, yeah, kind of an extractive place. But they did the math, and they're like, if we're going to get a ticket, let's get the cheaper riding on the freeway ticket. Um, hopefully we That's... don't die that way. And, and you know what? Nobody did die. Nobody died. <sighs> uh, the, the bike race then turned into the marathon crash ride, which has now become a little bit more, like, safe less underground type thing but yeah there's you know back in the day we used to do some gnarly stuff on bicycles in this city and um crazy again none of us died yes yes we were we were very crazy thank you mr roadblock for leading us in that venture uh the last thing i wanted to cover real quick was a uh, george goscone oh. holy shit george coming in hot hot with the really good oh. really radical reforms oh i have i have images of that somewhere uh uh-oh Somewhere. I'm going to find him. Somewhere. Over yeah, the rainbow. Keep talking. Anyways, well, keep well, talking. Yeah, well, Chris looks for those. So George Gascon was sworn in last week on, I believe, the 10th, and he immediately came out and made some massive, massive changes. So first off, he is ending cash bail in L.A. County for everything except violent felonies. 
So if you've got a misdemeanor, if you have a nonviolent felony, uh, the prosecutors are instructed to not seek bail. That doesn't guarantee that they won't seek bail. They're just being instructed not to. But this is part of a bigger culture shift that's going to be happening in the office. Also, he will not be relying on algorithmic risk assessment tools, which was a major criticism that followed him from San Francisco. So we're really going to be evaluating defendants like on a person-by-person basis. Uh, He's also ending the use of the death penalty in L.A. County. He will no longer seek the death penalty against anyone, which, good, the death penalty is horrible and bad and needs to be ended nationally. He is also going to end charging juveniles in adult court, something that really pissed off LAPPL supporters. Like, a lot of cops came out and were very mad that, like, you can't send a 14-year-old to jail for life anymore. Uh, He's also ending gang enhancements and making that policy retroactive. So a gang enhancement is like, if you commit a crime and they can link you to a street gang, you're going to serve more time. Making that policy retroactive means that everyone in L.A. County who has been convicted under a gang enhancement will have their case reviewed and could be let out of jail. This is up to 20,000 inmates in state prison. 20,000. 20,000 people could get free very quickly. That is absolutely huge. He also wants to create a use uh, a use of force review board because right now we have the uh, L.A. Police Commission and uh, they kind of suck. So... Uh, George Gascone wants to create a new independent review board to look at uses of force by LAPD and LA County Sheriff's officers. This is amazing. We need more objective oversight. We need people who are not beholden to the mayor for their appointment. We need people who are actually interested in deciding whether or not use of force is uh, okay or not. Now, Chris, you and I were talking about this before the show. Uh, Gustavo Arellano was shot in the neck with a non-lethal round down in Long Beach. And what did yep. the Long Beach PD find about that particular use of force, Chris? Uh, they, they, they found it, and I know this is going to be a shocker for you, they found it to be within policy. You can shoot an L.A. Times reporter in the neck with a non-lethal round in Long Beach. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's a thing. Wow. Good job, uh, yeah. Long Beach. Your chief of actually... police is a terrible human. Well, we're yeah. coming back to real core kind of fun, foundational differences between law and and justice, right? Like, oh, it's it's within policy. Yeah, well, w- think about the fucking policy then. And yeah. it seems like it seems weird because every time they review something, it's always in policy. Always. It's, it's like I can think of tendency. one time that was that shooting out at Venice Boardwalk. That was the only time I've heard of a shooting being found outside policy. And they still didn't prosecute the guy. Even Charlie Beck came out and said, hey, Jackie Lacey, prosecute this guy. And then she didn't. He, he ended up getting prosecuted for domestic violence in his home city of, of Huntington Beach, which, you know, don't Google 40 percent of officers. Don't. Don't yeah. Google that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, just, from a, just from a strategy standpoint, it's the worst defense to say, well, oh, all of these horrific things are within policy. Because eventually someone's going to ask you, maybe please change the policy. And that yeah. hopefully is what we're going to start seeing a little more of. And I, I'm happy you bring that up because the other thing George Goscone is doing is he is reopening hundreds of investigations into police shootings for possible prosecutions. Hundreds of officers are going to have their shootings reviewed and possibly be prosecuted. They, I don't know how many prosecutions will go forward, but I have a feeling like people are going to lose their jobs. People are like a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. And I am super happy to see that. Well, if we could just roll those into the 900 that we're going to lose it in the budget cuts, then we can, you know, kill two birds, right? No, 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 no. Stack them on top. Stack them on top. Uh, more defunding. Um, but yeah, so this was, uh, so Cerise, uh, Castle has 
a bunch of uh, lovely little crops uh, that they pulled from these anti-Gascon cop groups on Facebook. Uh, this was these a, are amazing. A, a little clip of uh, them referring to George Satan Gascon um, because he doesn't want to prosecute adults or minors as adults because um, he doesn't want to convict it's people like the... of... It's almost like the brains of juveniles are different than the brains of adults and like the the you know legal standards we should use for those should be different. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. Um oh, apparently my my slideshow is getting all screwed up and the images are really tiny. I apologize for that as well. Um but yeah, they, this was there were other shots of uh folks from LAPPL talking about how uh, they're basically, you know, Measure J at the county is now something we're going to be seeing passed at the city. I hope so. Let's do I it. I sincerely hope so. Uh, also, proved, people we criticizing. We can do it at a county level. I bet we can do it at a city level. I bet we could. Um, people criticizing Kim Kardashian um, and how they say that it's easy for her to make these kind of social justice statements because she basically gets to have bodyguards and ex cops working around her all the time. Um, let's let's just move on my favorite one was that uh they they decided that you know batman the animated series from 1992 uh was one of the 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 evil uh henchmen uh or not henchmen but the the evil like supervillains uh was basically gascon prediction somehow um, oh, absolutely geez. fucking wild, but yeah, yeah it's, it's LAPD the, the officers. Kingpin, which, mean, yeah, Vin, yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio did a much better kingpin than, than anyone else did. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just LAPPL, you know, constantly in a die mad about it situation. And, uh, I wish them the best of luck with that one. Um, so the last thing, so, uh, I, I've got to bounce a little bit early today. So most of the like cops y'all is going to be care- covered by uh, Terry and Chris after I have to, to back out of here. But the last thing I want to flag on like the politics is that uh, today, George, uh, George, sorry, today, Joe Biden officially became the president elect. He, uh, collected more than 270 electoral votes across the nation to officially win that, uh, in a bit of like, um, 2020 news. Uh, the Wisconsin State House was shut down because of threats of right-wing violence because they wanted to do a democracy and have the electors vote. Also, the head of the electoral delegates in Wisconsin was removed from his position uh, because being a really diehard Republican, he was refusing to comply with state law and vote for Joe Biden because in Wisconsin, the law is you have to vote for the person who won the election. I don't know why we have to have a law about that. That's, you know, that's how elections work. Um, but yeah, uh, so far, no violence has erupted at the state house, but they closed it down completely. Um, nobody got to do any work today uh, because a bunch of like gun nuts and uh, right wing militia types were like, we're going to come kill you uh, because you're trying to do a democracy. So uh, yeah. 2020 marches on. And, and, and building off of that, um, you had shared with me a couple of these tweets and clips from Washington DC over the last few nights, which are oh my God, truly horrifying. Like the, full the million MAGA march was scary yeah. as hell. People got hurt, people got stabbed, 23 people got arrested. Most of them were not the MAGA folks. I wonder why that happened. Uh, one of the oldest, actually the oldest African-American church in Washington DC was vandalized and had their Black Lives Matter signs stolen by the Proud Boys and then burned 
while a bunch of drunk Proud Boys sat around, st- stood around it like hooting and hollering about what big tough men they are attacking a church. Because that's what the good guys do, Chris. They attack houses of worship. Yeah. Fuck those right, mega so, chuds. Yeah, so this actually leads into my, my next little bit uh, that I want to cover before I have to bounce out. Yep, yep. Uh, March 2019, a shooter in Christchurch, New Zealand, burst into a mosque, ended up killing 51 worshipers, uh, injuring uh, more than a dozen people. Uh, this was one of the worst shootings in, uh, like in not just Western democracy history, but I believe the worst shooting in New Zealand's history. Uh, the yeah. shooter was taken alive and uh, is uh, now in jail for life. Um, but the New Zealand government finally came out and uh, released the report on what went wrong, how this guy was able to collect all these guns, and how he was able to carry out, carry out this terrible attack without anyone suspecting that it was coming or without being able to stop him. Um, the the attack itself was live streamed on 8chan and several other what are called like chan boards, you know, um, message boards and image boards that copy off of a kind of Japanese model. Uh, 8chan itself is particularly infamous um, because 8chan is run by the person who is Q. Uh, Q is a weird pedophile dude who lives in the Philippines with his son, who is a pornographer, and they run and administer the 8chan uh, image board, and he has basically called himself Q and was the person who started the entire QAnon movement uh, in order to try and boost up Donald Trump. Now, we're not going to get too deep into Q here because, like, I don't have enough time for that, but it's a deep, deep, dark rabbit hole, and the mental health of millions of Americans has been sacrificed at the cult of Donald Trump. Um, However, before that was even a thing, or actually not before that was even a thing, but before that seemed as dangerous as it has become in the election, the Christchurch shooter live-streamed his attack on Facebook. It was then picked up by the 8chan board and then promulgated across the internet for people to watch the vicious slaughter of people who had the temerity to go to a mosque and pray on a Friday. So the things that New Zealand um, identified as failings in their system was one, there was no report of, of gun injuries. So the guy who ended up doing the shooting shot himself while cleaning his gun, went to the, uh, the emergency room, and nobody called the cops to be like, yo, this guy shot himself, you should come see why. They just treated it as a normal injury and let him go. There, were no, there was no way to report about his mental health or the plans that he was coming up with. Nobody was monitoring what he was thinking, what he was doing. And more scary, his radicalization happened on YouTube and Facebook. This is a young man who went from being sort of racist to being a terrorist in a matter of months because of the internet chatter that YouTube and Facebook profit off of. Like, make no mistake. YouTube and Facebook could take down all of the hate speech. They could Mm -hmm. do that tomorrow, but they don't want to. Because if they take down the hate speech, then that means they're taking down some of their most popular groups, some of their most popular videos, and some of their most popular forums for discussion. And if they take those down, then that means they have less eyeballs to use to bring in ad dollars, because it's all about that ad revenue. That's why when you go to YouTube, you see ads for the Epoch Times, a literal lying propaganda rag run by a very strange, like, Chinese religious group that yep. prints the most ridiculous... Yeah, <laughs> the most ridiculous and egregious propaganda that you can ever find. But Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, they don't care about taking this stuff down. They could not care less because they're making money hand over fist. 
Mark Zuckerberg has time and again come out and said, well, it's not my job to regulate speech. It's only my job to profit off of it. Now, obviously, he doesn't say the second part. That's the subtext that he doesn't want to talk about. But we have, you know, I think a necessary part of having the internet is the safe harbor provisions that we do have for websites, that you can't hold a website responsible for what people say on there. Like, I can't sue Facebook because somebody insults me on Facebook. Like, I can't sue mm -hmm. Facebook if somebody uses the N-word in a post. I understand how that works. But there has to be a give and take here. We have to go back to Karl Popper and open society and its enemies and realize giving fascists a seat at the table in open forums is not a way to preserve those open forums. Being tolerant of intolerance gives intolerance the win. The people who are engaging in this behavior, the people who are doing this sort of stuff are not doing it to be good above board citizens. They're doing it so they can sink a fucking steak knife into your back at dinner because they don't think you have a legitimate right to exist. These dangers exist in society and we are not dealing with them here in the US. In Europe, mm -hmm. hate speech like Nazi symbolism has been banned for decades. Guess what? They're doing fine. We can ban hate speech. We can regulate hate speech. We can stop this stuff from radicalizing young people and turning them into murderers and terrorists, but we refuse to do that unless the murderers and terrorists that we're targeting are of the Islamic faith. Then the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, they will go to the ends of the earth to entrap young Muslim men in really stupid, never gonna happen terror plots and send them to jail for life. But if you're Kyle fucking Rittenhouse, yep. the weird pillow guy will bail you out after you murder two people on camera. This shit is all connected, and it could be stopped tomorrow if we had the political will to force some regulation and the corporate will to give a flying fuck about human beings, but we don't, which is why I kind of like advocate for nationalizing Facebook. Like, we're going to have Facebook? <laughs> Fine. Let's, let's regulate it. Let's have it be I, treated as the public thing that it is. I fully concur with that sentiment of, like, seize it, regulate it, be, make it become the, the you know, a, a common good regulate it like it's a utility it is it is a a medium of communication that we frankly we need something we definitely don't need its current instantiation in facebook the way that it is built in facebook is fucking terrible because those algorithms are designed explicitly to drive interaction and profit and have racist and nationalist tendencies built into them that we just it's it's baked into the system like it is crazy the number of times that you hear about these stories of like the youtube algorithm just like suggesting more content for you and all of a sudden like if you fall asleep and it just starts playing videos you might wake up and be like why am i watching a flat earth video why am i watching you know this this conspiracy theorist talking about you know the 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 uh, in the uh, intricacies of pizzagate and how it's all just a deep state illusion that uh, that there was you know no basement underneath the fucking pizza shop like it's fucking wild like this 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 stuff needs to be fixed and until we like seize this and actually address it and remove the profit motive from the organizing principles like i i don't see a path forward all right unfortunately i have got to go because i've got to get to another oh. organizing meeting folks but this has been fantastic i know terry and chris y'all are going to have a really great conversation i can't wait to listen to it on the podcast Thank you all so much. I'll see you before, all uh, next week. Uh-oh. Before you run, uh, give me a little shout-out about the fact that Eamon is free. Yes, that's cool. This was a bullshit charge by the L.A. Sheriff's Department. They targeted a protester. Like, what he was accused of doing was kind of stupid. Like, it probably wasn't the best thing in the world to do. But, like, 
the charges were clearly bullshit. It was retaliatory. It was punitive. And thankfully, George Gascon listened to the people who said, let our, let our friend, let our comrade go. And Eamon yep. is free. Charges are dropped. Thank the Buddha, George. Keep this shit up because we have our eyes on you. Like our comrades oh, yeah. in San Francisco were necessarily skeptical of you. We got to keep this pressure up and this momentum up. And so, like, I really hope we do that. Anyways, Amen. I will see Thanks you all Thanks for sticking around. Soon. See yeah. ya. <clears throat> all right. Well, now Bushido is just going to be frozen up there in the screen above me. <laughs> so, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, so um, one of the things that came up this past week was that uh, the you, so you, you're you're familiar with the the shooting of Andres Guardado. Uh, this was uh, the I believe it was 17, uh, maybe it was 18. I forget. I apologize for the details on this one. Um, but he was shot by Deputy Vega back uh, last. Uh, oh, guess oh God, that wasn't even that. Time is a flat fucking circle, and I can't keep track of it anymore. It was uh, it was the summer that he was shot, uh, and uh, there was some really great reporting in LA Taco at the time. Uh, one of their reporters uh, managed to get to the shop where Guardado used to be employed, and uh, found out that the sheriff's department had come in and had raided his place. Uh, without a warrant, had smashed up a bunch of security cameras, had seized uh, the HDR that was making the recordings of what went down in the alley when Andres Guardado was shot. They just took all of that without a warrant and then came back ex post facto with a warrant saying, yeah, we can we can take all that stuff. It's just like, that is not how due process fucking works, Sheriff. Like, that is not at all how this process fucking works. Um, but there was a uh, a thing that happened where these um, the deputies who were involved in the shooting here were actually just relieved of duty in something completely unrelated to the actual shooting of Andres Guardado. This was a, a, a hit and, uh, not, not a hit and run, but it was a motor vehicle accident uh, that the, uh, the deputies were involved with let me make sure I've got everything in the right order here. I think I might have it a little bit out of order, and I apologize for that. Yeah, let's go ahead and push these up to the top. And there we go. Now I can actually have the quotes show up. Uh, yeah, so two Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputies involved in the controversial fatal shooting of Andres Guardado were relieved of duty this week in connection with a traffic crash that occurred two months before the 18-year-old's death. Uh, Sheriff Alex Villanueva ordered deputies Miguel Vega and Chris Hernandez to be suspended pending the outcome of an investigation into the crash, Lieutenant John Satterfield said. He would not elaborate, citing the ongoing investigation. Um, worth noting here that it was unclear. This is continuing reporting from the LA Times. Thank you very much for the reporting that you're doing. We will cite the sources in the description of this podcast. It was unclear why Villanueva opted to sideline the deputies now eight months after the incident. The lengthy gap in time raises questions about whether sheriff's officials had enough information about the crash to act sooner and if the deputies should have been removed from the field before their deadly encounter with Guardado in June. Attorneys representing both deputies declined to comment on Friday. Uh, the crash occurred shortly before 5 p.m. back on April 13th, while Vega was driving with a man in custody in the back seat. Uh, this is according to Officer Simeon uh, Yarbrough from the California Highway Patrol. Now, this is where things get interesting. 
Uh, more quotes from the LA Times. A check of arrest and jail inmates records shows no indication that the man who the CHP identified for the Times was formally arrested or booked into custody in the LA County jail system, raising questions about whether Vega let the man go after the crash. After the crash, there was a search for the bicyclist whom Vega had been chasing, Yarbrough said. It's unclear whether investigators found him. Yarbrough said that the CHP report of the crash does not mention Hernandez. His role in the incident is unclear. It is also unknown what allegations of misconduct have been made against Vega. This shit is fucking weird. We do not know what is going on here, but these deputies have been relieved of duty. You're running away? Nope, you're coming back. <laughs> Fucking weird, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Like, Yeah. Colorado shooting. Maybe they can kind of short circuit that investigation because they don't want to reveal the, you know, the executioners. Um, and everything that was going on in that. Yeah. So yeah, you say, it's, oh, it's well, all well. it's all very complicated, and it's there's a lot going on here. Um, I apologize. Apparently, the recording of you uh, did not capture the fact that you're pointing out that if somebody is uh, in custody and then they are neither processed nor booked, uh, that is uh, that's kidnapping. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was uh, an unfortunate uh, muting situation here. I forgot that when. Uh, when Bushido took off, I had to unmute you so that we don't have the doubled up audio from back when Bushido was here. Hooray wow. for the intricacies of doing a live stream uh, using Skype. Uh, it's, a, it's a thing we're still getting better at, folks. Um, yeah, More but the, this is... It, what was that? More of an art than a science. <laughs> Very much so. Um, but yeah, it is, it's all speculation at this point as to like what the hell the connections are here. And on top of all of that, there's, you know, there, that you you did mention the the ongoing investigation into the, uh, the I believe that they're referred to the, the politically correct term is clicks within the deputies uh, uh, <laughs> within the sheriff's office. Uh, no, it's they're fucking gangs. Um, but they and, and murderous, very murderous gangs, uh, according to uh, all of the stories that are coming out about this shit. Um, yeah, th th this. <sighs> This is a very, very weird situation. We're going to be seeing how this continues to develop moving forward. Um, but we've got a couple of different things going on here with the LA, uh, the LA Sheriff's Department because um, there's this other fun thing that happened where, where there's uh, oh, one, one thing that we didn't mention earlier that was connected to uh, all of those tweets that Cerise was putting out. Uh, one, the, there's a there's a, a member from the LAPPL who gets up on the screen and is doing like a deranged screed into a front-facing camera in vertical mode because those are always the best 
the best possible videos that you can have online are those that are shot front facing vertical. Um, he uh, goes off about how uh, you know, all of these things are, um, you know, it's unfair what they're what they're doing to the cops and it's so bad. But then he also is asking for people to call their elected officials and uh, back them up on this uh, because the cops did them a solid by not busting any of the big parties that happened over Thanksgiving, which is less of them doing us a solid and more of a dereliction of their duty. Uh, but let's get into uh, uh, not the LAPD, but the LASD and relating to some uh, stories that came out about a bit of a, a bit of a fun party, uh, from what I understand. I'm being extremely sarcastic in that. Uh, that happened up in... Uh, uh, oh, what was... Was this one up in Calabasas or was this... I don't actually remember which part of the city this was in. Oh, I apologize. Um, but yeah, this was uh, reporting from The Guardian that uh, Los Angeles deputies arrest 158 people in a raid on an underground house party. One of many such events in recent months in direct violation of L.A. County and state mandated social distancing orders. Uh, and it was crashed by the cops. Uh, the interesting things about this uh, worth noting that Sheriff, uh, as, as Bushido would say, Sheriff Dr. Uh, Alex Villanueva, uh, or Dr. Sheriff Alex Villanueva. I can't read the title the way that Bushido does. He's much better at this. Uh, since March, we have continued to focus on educating, uh, education and voluntary compliance regarding health orders. Moving forward, we will additionally be conducting targeted enforcement of super spreader events. Uh, right after that was this uh, targeted enforcement. Uh, nearly 160 people were uh, arrested when authorities in L.A. County raided an underground house party this weekend, officials reported on Monday. Deputies with the L.A. Sheriff's, uh, deputies with the LA Sheriff's Department were tipped off on the giant gathering, which was held in a vacant residential home without the knowledge of the property's owners, with reports that many inside weren't wearing masks. The party, which was located at the high desert of Palmdale in the northern part of L.A. County, is one of the many incidents that occurred in recent months in recent uh, in direct violation of the county and state mandated social distancing orders. I apologize. I'm repeating myself in here. Of the 158 people that were arrested at the party, 35 were underage. Organizers of the event who were among those arrested also uh, had also held parties in two other cities. Uh, they were uh, when they were when they entered empty homes. I'm really struggling with reading this. I apologize. Officers also discovered six weapons and rescued a 17 year old human trafficking victim during the raid. Um, they always love to tout these kinds of busts uh, when they do these kinds of raids. Uh, but the really interesting thing here, uh, I believe this was the, the last of the quotes from this, double checking. Uh, yeah, yep, that was it. Um, the interesting thing here is that what came out, like, what was it, the next day or two days later in the LA Times? It might have been the same day, uh, but yeah, uh, exactly. The plot thickens, right? <laughs> the plot they, thickens, indeed. They, they were taken off seven hours or, or whatever before the party. They knew this was going to happen. And they were planning the arrest seven and a half hours before they made the arrests. Yeah, and so so Villanueva, and I'm not I, I'm not sure what which quotes you have from the LA Times pulled up. So, uh, but Villanueva basically says. Uh, we, we wanted to wait and let this party, this super spreader event happen uh, so that we could arrest these guys who are organizing these parties in multiple cities. And that way we can stop future parties. And then he says, and of course, and then we got the trafficking victim. They had no idea that that trafficking victim was there when they when they until they made that arrest. Right. So mm -hmm. 
it's uh, so they just they just sat on their hands when you actually want them to do something like stop these people from getting 160 people like that can seed thousands of cases oh, yeah. easily mm-hmm. tens of thousands of cases so uh, to think that they're doing us any any favors by uh, by not stopping this event um, and, and forgive me for going off for a minute but Go, no, you know, by all means. This is the real contradiction that we're running into, right? Because on the defund the police side, which I and Nock, I mean, we are solidly on that side of this issue. But there are apparently moments when we really do need some goddamn order and have some kind of force, some kind of municipal force that can ensure that we enact, we comply with public safety health guidelines and so what do you do right because if the cops aren't the answer and they're almost never they are never the answer but but how can you then stop people from going out acting fools i mean there are there are lots of people who are much smarter than i am who have ideas about that um but the one thing that we do know for sure is that their current model of policing does not fucking work and this story is such just completely obvious evidence of that like these cops were planning this is so the the quote from the la times that i pulled i pulled a couple of them here um but the you know the first paragraph of this quote is basically reiterating exactly the same stuff that was uh mentioned in the guardian reporting earlier um but then this is the interesting thing is where things start to take a bit of a turn quote however according to law enforcement sources and an internal department record reviewed by the times commanders knew about the plans for the party hours in advance and chose not to stop it from happening despite the risk of coronavirus spread and so this um to my mind this is really just just glaringly stark example of the fact that the cops are not there to keep you safe the cops are there to enforce property rights and protect property and the interests of the wealthy classes. That's literally their fucking job is to protect capital. They yeah. cared more about like keeping people like preventing um, the use of this home by people that did not own it. They cared more about that and they wanted to catch the people that were doing that. That was their impetus. They had seven and a half hours of knowledge at least that this was going on and they opted not to stop it from happening. They they opted not to do what is in the interest of the public good. They opted not to step in and protect our people because instead they could then come down and crack skulls and be, you know, the state bully that they love to fucking be. It's absurd. Fuck the police, man. And well, they also exist as any uh, bureaucratic structure does. They they exist to uh, maintain and or increase their own budget and their own administrative yeah. power. Yeah, so it, that, it, it validates their existence and perpetuates their need to suck fifty fucking percent of the budget down the drain every goddamn year. <sighs> yeah, going further from the times. Oh yeah, you, you do uh, your thing. Well, yeah. I, mean, I, I know there are, there are people much smarter than, than me uh, doing this. And, and there's an entire reading list, starting with Alex Vitale's oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the I need to catch up on, right? So, so I know that there are people out there. It just, it just, get, it frustrates me. Thank you. Uh, it frustrates me so much uh, when, 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 when people don't follow yeah. whatever, oh, yeah. whatever steps they can um, to sort of uh, police themselves, if you'll forgive the, the expression. Um, and it, you know, and then you say like, okay, well, yeah, there, how do you argue that human trafficking should not 
right? And so it, I just get really frustrated in, in situations yeah. like this um, because if we could all, you know, take a few minutes, you know, just do what we got to do to get through COVID, well, then we can have house parties again, right? Then we can go and do these things again. And, and I, you know, uh, but just not until then. Yeah, I mean, we, we do, there are definitely a number of different models that can be used to build up an actual, like, uh, civil enforcement mechanism that would be of the community and by the community for the community rather than, you know, paying a bunch of fuckers that don't even live in the city of L.A. to be our L.A. police department. Yeah. Like, none of them live here. Or and when how, the, when, If we had a, yeah. a decent uh, housing crisis response yeah. plan, those houses wouldn't be vacant. We'd have families living in them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a vacation home. Why? Why? Ah, vacant vacation homes. You should, if you own multiple pieces yeah. of property, you should be taxed a lot of money. And yeah, it should never be fucking vacant. No, it should just be expropriated. I'm sorry. Yeah, that... take them. I'm down with that. Um, so quoting further from the Times here, internal activity logs obtained by the Times show the agency was preparing for the operation as early as 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, calling in units from seven stations to help out. After midnight, 80 to 100 people were being detained and would receive citations before being released, according to the log entry. A TV crew showed up to the party, capturing footage of the operation that shows the, detaini- the detention of dozens of people held side by side on the street. Deputies took temperatures when handing out masks and blankets. Very, it's fucking weird. Like, this is, whole thing is all so fucking weird. Uh, after waiting for the party to get going on Saturdays, deputies moved in around 10 p.m. on the vacant home on the 6300 block of West Avenue in blah, blah, Palmdale. Bah, 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 arrested 116 adults, 35 minors, according to Villanueva. They found three guns uh, that night and three more the next morning. Uh, so... Yeah, congratulations on the gun fines. Um, would have been nice if y'all cared about public safety enough to actually stop the fucking super spreader event from happening. Um, I love that they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, no. If we take their temperatures, that means that they're, uh, you know, we know that they're not infected. It's like asymptomatic infection is the transmission mechanism that is most prevalent, especially among the youth. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. It's just like they, they just haven't been fucking paying attention. Like, I do not understand how they continue to just be so fucking bad at this, but <sighs> cops, it is what it is, right? Um, let's see. There was one other little uh, fucking terrifying thing that happened um, that there was some really weird reporting that came out. This is an unrelated thing, but also the sheriff's department and uh, fuck the sheriffs. Uh, there was an unhoused woman who got run over um, there was some reporting that in initially came out. This is from uh, back on the 11th. Uh, there was some initial reporting that came out where people were saying that this woman had apparently been dead before being hit by the car. Um, that didn't happen. Uh, the, the car was what the deputies were the ones that killed her. Uh, the deputies were claiming that they were uh, chasing somebody, but they didn't have any evidence of that either. Uh, they were just cruising down the street in a residential area going really fast and apparently not watching the road in front of them and just ran over a woman. Yeah, she shouldn't have been in the middle of the road, but uh, you, you, you shouldn't drive over people. I don't know what else to say. Like, Yeah, that's uh, pretty much the, the starting point. 
of for driving. Uh, run over people. <laughs> and this was what the fuck. And this was daytime, right? Am I right? Uh, actually, I'm trying to remember if this was daytime or nighttime. Uh, let me actually pull up the article because I didn't pull any quotes from this. Uh, ba, 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 LA County Sheriff's deputies driving through the South Atlantic Road of Watts actually struck, struck and killed a homeless woman who was lying in the road early Friday morning, uh, 6.25 a.m. Area right. Central Avenue and Imperial. This is reporting from CBS LA, uh, which for some reason they're pulling up video of, oh God, USC is still playing right now? Why are they playing football in a pandemic? Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so the woman was believed between 40 and 50 years old, lying in the roadway where she was struck by the sheriff's patrol vehicle. Uh, so this was 6.30 in the morning. It wasn't dark out. Uh, it's daytime at 6.30 in the morning now because daylight savings time is gone and it's weird and it's going to be dark here. Uh, it's not even 5 o'clock yet and the sun is going down. I'm seeing the, the, the uh, gradient effect happening here out my window. Um, yeah, 6.30 a.m. They just ran her over. Yeah, oh, fuck. What, what can, can one, one say about that? I, I, I come back, you know, Bushido is going into EMS. I came out of it about 10 years, 15 years ago now. Oh, God, 10. Um, but you remember in back in the, the, the classes that we took, I mean, hours they would spend screaming at us about how to about be careful driving, right? If you... Yeah. You, even if you have your lights on, your siren on, you go. If you go through an inter- intersection and if you hit somebody, they're going to charge you with vehicular manslaughter. Mm-hmm. And so, on the EMS side, on the people who are trying to get you to the hospital, they are shitting their pants. Like if they, if I hit somebody, I could be criminally charged. Um, and cops, it's the complete opposite, right? Cops, it's like, oh, just drive like a maniac. Because wherever it is, you might be, I mean, McDonald's is going to stop serving breakfast in 15 minutes. You better get there. So I don't. So it's, it's, it's actually, the, the story is actually worse than what I was remembering and talking about. And I apologize for being slightly inaccurate with this. There was not another, they were not like chasing another vehicle. Um, what they said, and this is where uh, the massive fucking grain of salt lands in the discussion on, from my perspective. Uh, they, they're saying in this reporting, quote, after the patrol vehicle ran over the woman, a second vehicle also struck her and then sped away, police said. The woman died on the scene. Her name was not immediately released. While deputies remained on the scene, the second vehicle, described as a white truck, did not. The LAPD is investigating the incident. There was no description of the hit-and-run driver. It's unclear if detectives have surveillance or dash cam video of the crash. So, Terry... The sheriff's department runs over a woman and then mysteriously a second vehicle hits her. And then this second vehicle runs off into the distance and they didn't capture, oh, I don't know, a fucking license plate or anything beyond the fact that it is a white truck. You show me the cop who is not going to floor it taken off after after that guy, right after that white truck. I mean, I guess they must have stopped. You know, they definitely needed two officers to stop and render aid, and you know, couldn't have left one of them standing there to flag down traffic and make sure she didn't get hit again by a third vehicle, apparently, and then had the first one call in for backup as they chased the truck down the street. Yeah, I'm sure this yeah. is definitely a very real truck that definitely existed and definitely uh, was the one that caused the life dam- the life uh, ending uh, injuries that that yeah. that killed this poor woman. Yeah, um, definitely wasn't the fucking sheriffs that did it. 
just like the person that they that they were chasing to be to begin with that they never bothered to follow up on. Oh, there, there was, I, I, that was the part that I was confused about. It was, they were not chasing somebody. It's that they chose not to chase the person that then hit her after the fact. I, that was where my mistake was, um, my- but, but it's okay. Now there's, 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 uh, there's another story related to that where like the, the, this was part of the background with the whole Andres Guardado thing was that the sheriff's deputies can't even keep their, their track record straight of being like, oh, he had a gun on him it was in his waistband it was on the ground like you've got different testimony coming from different deputies as to where what andres guardado was doing uh you know there's one deputy that was saying that the the gun was on the ground that he reached for that there was another one saying that it was in his waistband and he reached for that either way the way that they shot him was like very to to my mind very indicative of something that looks like a fucking execution the way that the coroner was reporting on it uh, they wouldn't go so far as to say that Andres was laying on the ground when he got shot. They thought that he was leaning forward. Um, but it, from the angle of entry of the wounds, it looks like literally the deputy just popped him in the back while he was laying on the ground. Uh, clearly, what you do to somebody who uh, is uh, a threat to you is he's already been shot once. You shoot him some more times when he lands on the ground. Yeah. Fuck well, those guys. Um Hopefully, our, our our listeners and audience will will forgive us for every episode, every everything we we talk about on this podcast today is like an episode of the Shield. So, I mean, the the plot lines are really hard to keep track of. Uh, this sucks. I I'm so uh, I just the sheriffs are bad. The cops are bad. Like they the idea that they are there to quote unquote protect and serve the community um, well, is fucking risible. That's, that's been disproven in court that they're not here to right? And wasn't it a Florida Supreme court case that said the, the police, you, you do not have a constitutional right to be protected by the police. No, no, it was the, <laughs> Vegas, shooting. It was the Vegas shooting when they were trying to oh sue for protection. They said, no, you do not have a, a constitutional right to be protected by the police. And uh, hopefully somebody will look that up for me. Because I know that, I mean, that's, so, no, the cops are not here. And, and until we can get a hold of their budgets, right, until we can get our, hand, our city power on the budget and not like Minneapolis just did where they says, oh, well, we're going to defund everything. And then all of a sudden it's like a 15, 20% cut or something. I mean, until, you know, we can really take money away, because that's how you, that's how you starve an institution, right? That's how you rest yep. back control over a bureaucracy is that you make because the more money that they their budget controls the more powerful they are in the city administration and so you Absolutely. have to yeah and so yeah these like i'm sorry people are gonna lose their i'm not sorry cops are gonna lose their job um <laughs> you know, i'm sorry that the that the that the guy who works at the grocery store where that cop is not going to be shopping right now is going to back i'm sorry that guy's gonna lose his job yeah, but fair. you know yeah so these 900 cops that are gonna lose, hopefully hopefully it is more that get laid off. Uh, well, um, that's the that thing is that the recommendation that came out of the city council meeting last week uh, knocked that down to like 350. Like the the report that came out of um, the legislative office, uh, the, the C, I think it was the CAO. Um, I'm forgetting the details of this because again, a lot of shit happened last week and I've my brain is turning to mush from watching all these city council meetings. Uh, the 
recommendation to, you know, because all of the departments are supposed to be facing 3% budget reductions, uh, which unfortunately does mean in many instances, jobs will be lost. Uh, again, no, no tears shed for cops losing their jobs, but the, like, Basically, the, the recommendation was from the, I think it was from the CA, CAO or it was the CLA, one of the two. Don't ask me what the acronyms mean. The CA, whatever. Uh, <laughs> these, these different staff offices within the city um, had made recommendations to remove 900 um, or so uh, sworn officers from the LAPD. And then when that report came to the Budget and Finance Committee, uh, the pushback was, oh, no, let's actually just go down to like 350 reduction instead. Um, and, then, you know, that was what carried the day because uh, Krikorian uh, does still love the cops very much, even though he loves budgets uh, enough that I would have maybe hoped that he would have the common sense to realize that the largest single budget line item needs to be on the fucking table uh, for cuts if you want to actually try to save the damn budget. But, I, I Yeah. It's the same regressive bullshit that we see elsewhere, right? It's like, oh, well, we're going to every, you know, oh, COVID is, is attacking our budget. I work at a university. And so it's like, oh, well, everybody's going to take a X percent cut or, you know, well, that hits the that, that hits the, the people who work in food service or people who work in the custodian's office a lot harder than it hits the $200,000 a year administrator or the regressive tax rate. Oh, well, everybody should pay the same tax. No, fuck that. And then oh, oh, flat tax, fuck flat taxes, yeah. man. And, and then we see the and then we see it in the budget. Oh, we're gonna have to do a budget cut, so everybody three percent from every department. No, 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 no. No, you take more from the. I mean, LAPD gets half of our tax dollars already. So you take more from them, and then you spare the social services that we need to replace fucking LAPD. Yep. And to keep people in their homes, and to provide the kind of services that are necessary to keep people from starving on the fucking streets, like. Yeah. The idea that some of these services are more critical than others and that the ones that are critical are the ones that involve putting patrol officers just, you know, driving around in circles. Fuck that. That's not what keeps us safe. What keeps people safe is keeping them in their fucking homes. We need HSID to be funded fully. We need to make sure that all of our social safety nets, that the, the few that still remain in the city are fucking protected. Take that money from the goddamn cops. End of story. Uh, I could just keep ranting about this forever, but I, I, I know that we need to we need to wrap things up here because we've been going for an hour and 20 already. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, real quick, if I can, because uh, you, you mentioned the USC game football. Oh. <laughs> as, yeah. as a USC alum and somebody who did teach at UCLA for a year, um, yeah, that game happened on Saturday. And so it's, you think, okay, well, so we've got a, 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 a city where we're having, what, 11,000 COVID cases a day? Let's make sure that the crosstown rivalry happens, right? Like those are our fucking priorities. Take two two LA-based teams and put them together. Yeah, that's just genius. Okay, so but we, this is going on for a long time. Fuck, so we yeah, should. fuck all of that. Um, yeah, so. All right. If y'all want to be involved with stuff uh, this week, we still have daily video, uh, daily protests happening out inside of uh, Getty House. That is where Mr. Uh, Mr. Mayor Eric Garcetti lives. Uh, well, that's where his official residence is. Uh, those protests are continuing at 9 a.m. every day at 6th and Irving uh, over just north uh, ish of K-Town. Uh, it's a little ways what is that Olympic that's right there? Um, or is it Wilshire? I honestly can't remember my streets anymore because I don't drive anymore because COVID. Um, 
Yeah, uh, we had a great fundraiser last week uh, for Ground Game. It was a super fun show. Uh, Y'all should go check out that Twitch video if you haven't seen it yet. Um, We'll make sure that it stays up there uh, as a highlight, and then it gets posted to our YouTube channel real soon. Uh, that's the thing I need to be spending more time on. Hey, that means that that's, that's just something I'm going to have to spend time doing now that, uh, the live tweeting is going to be done after this week for the next, uh, few weeks because city council's on recess. It means I get to do other shit. Uh, hooray. Uh, I will be live tweeting the next couple of meetings. We've got a full council session on Tuesday and then another one on Wednesday. I am so, so fucking excited to see Nithya Raman, uh, take that seat uh, and, you know, get to be on the Zoom and hear a voice of fucking compassion uh, in the, uh, you know, in that, that digital horseshoe. Uh, it'll be great. Um, we will also be having another episode of Knock at Night here on Wednesday at uh, 8 p.m. We are going to be having a special guest. You'll see all of the announcements about that running out uh, on the socials very soon. Uh, it is going to be uh, Sasha Gray will be joining us. We're also going to be having John Motter and Tabitha Yellows uh, hosting the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're working on putting that all together here in the next day or two and uh, getting everything pulled together for that. It's going to be Tons of fun. I'm really excited about this. It's going to be a great show. Uh, should be, you know, bringing more people into this organizing space is what this is all about. And uh, reaching out, and I'm, I'm thrilled to see that uh, Sasha is going to be helping lend her platform to expand the reach. Um, and yeah, we're also going to be, uh, again, we're in, we're in something like, you know, lockdown two. Um, the city can't seem to figure out what the fuck it's doing for this. Uh, but, you know, your your donations, if you can make them uh, to Mutual Aid LA, are very much appreciated. Uh, we'll include the links for that in the description as well. Um, Terry, you have any final notes? That's about it. But, yeah, it's played. I mean, it's, it's needed. Yeah. Uh, it absolutely is. It uh, looks like your video froze, so I apologize for, for questioning uh, whether or not you were still even... <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, the hamsters are, are running through the through the wheel. That's <laughs> um, yeah, all good. It's all good. Thanks to everybody on the Patreon. Thanks for everybody, you know, oh, keeping yeah. our supporting. So, absolutely. And oh, we should have some really good merch coming out uh, for people who are sustaining donors, both for Ground Game through Act Blue and for Knock in particular uh, on our Patreon. So as always, if y'all have any events that you want us to be taking part of, publicizing or just being made aware of, please send us a message. You can reach us through the Ground Game LA Facebook page, over on Instagram, on Twitter. Just follow uh, at Ground Game LA. We're not hard to find. Uh, This podcast and every Ground Game podcast is, of course, a production of Knock.LA. You can support our work over on Patreon at patreon.com slash knock underscore LA. Of course, check the description of this podcast for sources, links to actions, and other social media links. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Terry, for stepping in and uh, being a recurring guest here uh, on the podcast. It's lovely to have you join us, uh, even yeah, with Terry. your uh, less than fully functional internet connection. Uh, <laughs> it's nice to have a little, you know, an, an LA perspective from outside of LA. And thank you very much for for being here. We'd love to have you coming back to LA soon. I'm hoping. Um, but yeah, enjoy that cold weather. It's still hot here. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. All right.
Talk to you later, Terry. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, stay safe out there, and for the love of God, stay home if you can. Uh, we have to protect ourselves because clearly nobody else is going to be doing it for us. Thank you very much. Have a good night.